All right, welcome back to the AK Podcast. We have a huge episode today with the very famous, very funny, and always entertaining Brian Callen. If you don't know who Brian Callen is, you have probably been living under a rock for the last 30 years because the guy has been in some of the most successful TV shows, movies, on some of the top podcasts in the entire world right now, and is just a very funny, very well-rounded guy. He's lived all over the world. He's got an amazing story, and I really like people that are extremely intelligent and well-spoken, and they don't take themselves too seriously, and they, they're happy to be the butt of the jokes, which, uh, you know, as Ray Longo was saying, sometimes I think they make him that a little bit too much. But I've been a big fan of Brian's for a very long time. You might know him from The Hangover, from Old School, from Mad TV, from The Fighter and the Kid, from a bunch of different podcasts he's been on. Um, he's been on tons of hit shows like The Goldbergs, uh, Schooled. You know, you, you can see him all over the place. So I'm a big fan of Brian. He's been studying martial arts for a very long time. He's been doing jiu-jitsu for longer than me. He knows a lot of the same people, not only through his own podcast, but he trained at Henzo's and he knows Matt Serra for a long time. And he's good people. And in his defense, you know, people always have reasons to do or not do stuff. And uh, Brian definitely passed the test of being a class act and, and a good guy. I, I did an entire podcast with him, which he will talk about a little bit, and I completely forgot to record while we did it probably 90 minutes, and we had great discussions that went really deep on Matt Sarah, Chris Weidman. We talked about uh, religion. We talked about life. We He had so many good things he was saying that were just so well-spoken, and he chose his words so wisely, and the points got across so well, and my dumbass didn't record it. So he actually agreed to do this again, and he laughed about it, and he was a good sport about it, and he's kept in good touch, and uh, he just released some more dates, so check him out, BrianCallen.com. Links for all the his podcasts and uh, his live website and all that stuff are in the show notes. So please check that out for sure. Go see him on the road. My Chicago people uh, just got tickets to go see him in Chicago. So a bunch of us should get together and go see that. He is very funny. He is very nice. Um, I'm looking forward to training with him on the mat sometime in the near future. Definitely go see him on the road. Definitely check out his podcast. And um, you'll hear me mention Ray Longo a few times. It's funny because Ray Longo was supposed to be logging on for like the last 20 minutes. And we were going to surprise Brian because Ray's a big fan of Brian's and Brian's a big fan of Ray's. And I was trying to link them up and I thought it'd be really cool, but it didn't time out right. So I was a little bit stalling at the end trying to try to get him on. But um, they missed each other by seconds, but it worked out great because for you guys listening, if you have not checked it out yet, his new podcast is called Roughhouse Fridays. And and they talk MMA with people who are in the know, which of course, Ray Longo, Matt Sarah, Chris Weidman, who better than them. So two weeks ago, check out that episode because I did get them linked up and Brian Callen had on Ray Longo and he had on Chris Weidman and he also had on, I believe, Dub Davidoff. Um, yeah, I believe it was Dub Davidoff on that episode too, who hopefully is coming on the podcast as well. And uh, check that out. I could listen to the guys talk forever. I'm hoping Longo and uh, and Brian somehow start another podcast because I really like listening to them talk. And hopefully he gets them on uh, some of his podcasts, including Firing the Kid. And then the week after, he had on Matt Serra, who again is one of my favorite people. And that was great listening to them talk. I could literally, literally listen to them all for hours. It was good to hear him catch up and just talk old school and talk life. So if you are looking for ways to chase your passions and have more time and you're looking for funding or for deals, we have two places that you can go. One of them is a sponsor for this show, Nationwide Business Capital Group. Click on nicknicknick.com slash links and go under under affiliates and you'll see a way you can email Marianne. Tell the A-Game podcast sent you over whether you're new, you're experienced, you have good credit, you have bad credit, you have a bunch of money, you have no money. It doesn't matter. Marianne can help you out. Tell her we sent you over. She will get creative. She will lay out the red carpet. This is the most important step to get you started so we can figure out what types of deals to go after. So they've been great for me. That'll be great for you. Email Mary and tell her I sent you over there. And as far as deals, if you're looking to spend more time working on your comedy, working on your jujitsu or spending time with your family or just traveling the world and doing whatever it is you like, 
Let's do some real estate together. NickNickNick.com slash links has all the social media ways to connect with me. Please follow me. Please interact with me and message me and say you want to get involved, whether you're new, experienced, you're looking at residential, multifamily, you're looking to flip, you're looking to hold, you're looking for land, whether you want to buy properties from me, whether you want to sell properties to me, or whether you want to partner up on some deals, we will find a way to make you some money, get your assets up on your books and, and make you some cash this year. Just reach out and let's get that conversation started like some of you have in the past. Also, last but not least, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets for our limited time free checklist on how to bring more value to your buyers, whether you're a real estate wholesaler, real estate agent, or real estate broker, whether you're doing cash flow or flips, this is free checklist for you on ways you can separate separate yourself from the crowd and have separate yourself from the crowd and bring more value to your buyers. Limited time only for free, nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets. Thank you so much to Brian Keller for coming on. It was a big deal for me. I'm a big fan of him professionally and personally. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna. Digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-game. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast is an actor, writer, comedian, and all-around entertainer. He has starred in such hit shows as Mad TV, Californication, Two Broke Girls, Fat Actress, The Goldberg, Schooled, Oz, and Kingdom. Such hit movies as The Hangover 1 and 2, Old School, and The Joker. He is the founder and star of many hit podcasts, including The Fighter and the Kid, Big and Hungry, Conspiracy Social Club, and the new coming Rough House Fridays. He has been featured on the Wolfstead Tim Ferriss Podcast and is a fan favorite on the world-famous Joe Rogan Experience podcast, well-respected stand-up comedian with such great, great specials as Never Grow Up in Complicated Apes. He's a BJJ, boxing and martial arts practitioner enthusiast under the famous Henzo Gracie and Hedinga Machado, father, avid reader, and a true renaissance man. Welcome back to the A-Game <laughs> podcast, Brian Callen. Damn, that's a long intro. I got I to gotta have you walk into rooms and announce me so that everybody in LA can just not bat an eye, just look away. Uh, I'd say I recorded for you, but I obviously suck at that. So <laughs> yeah, I know we did a whole podcast. People should know literally, I, I think we talked for like an hour and a half. It was a great conversation. And you're like, I wish I was recording this. I was like, you weren't recording. So, there you go. There you go, man. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. You are a class act for giving me a second chance, man. We were we were talking about so many great things that uh, I definitely obviously wish we got I got backups here just in case it happens again. But one of the things you were saying that I couldn't wait to dig deeper in that you worded so well is like the whole essence of this podcast is like no matter what you do, you have to be bringing your A game to it because that's how other A players are going to recognize that in you. And that's when you start to get those other opportunities. And you were talking about like how other people recognize that in you and it led to other things. So I'd love you to just kind of like jump back into kind of that topic that we were going off on. Well, you know, it's so funny, man. Um, you know, John Donahar pretty well, probably. And, uh, you know, I lit John was, a, I think he's got his master's, maybe his PhD in philosophy. And 
one of the things that I thought was fascinating, I was listening to John and you get to my age and you know, you hear a lot of people talk and say things, but John's a guy I listen to because I'm going to learn something or I'm going to hear something or I'm going to re be reminded of what's actually important. And one of the things that he was talking about, which I couldn't agree with more, is the how you accomplish something, how you get good at something. So the problem is when you say, look, bring your A game, that's fine. But most of the time, I think it was Michael Jordan who said, most of the time, 75% of the time, I feel basically subpar, but I do it anyway. I show up that day, right? And, and I was working out with my, my trainer yesterday, 64-year-old man, and I hadn't slept for three days, really. I was traveling and stuff, and I was like, damn, I'm tired. He goes, yeah, but don't say that, and don't even think about it. Let's just, we just do it. A lot of days, we, a lot of days are mundane, and it just, you just don't feel great, and you feel weak, but you do it anyway, but we show up, right? And so I think that if you can take, um, when it comes to accomplishment, right, when you, and we all want to be accomplished, Jiu-Jitsu is a beautiful um, sort of, I guess, example and a, a practicing ground for life, right? Because you get better incrementally. You get better when you work on the things you're not good at. You get better by being consistent, you know? So everybody I know who's really successful, Rogan is a classic example. Joe will tell you he doesn't work. It's not that he works really hard. It's not that he's super disciplined. He just shows up every day. He just does it every day. You know, and, and sometimes when you show up every day and you are practicing correctly, you are practicing mindfully, you're just working on one thing that you're not that good at, just one thing. That's where, that's where I don't like words like discipline. I don't like words like hard work. I don't like words like grind. I don't like that shit. I, I don't think anybody can sustain that stuff. I do like words like inspiration. I like words like, you know, specific or deep practice. Because what happens is when you're working specifically on whatever it is you wanna get good at, whether it's the piano or, or jujitsu or, or even something as abstract as writing, you know, showing up every day and being specific about what you're doing that day, getting better at that, you know? It's like that famous example of the guy who did the study between regional swimmers and, and Olympic swimmers. Well, Olympic swimmers, every time they would go in there, it wasn't that they spent more time in the pool. They just were specific about what they were doing that day. Their elbow might've been a little higher today. And so what happens is you, you, you kind of look forward to practice because it's not a grind. You're working, it's like, okay, you can be, you can say, I'm, I got to fight this guy and I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to die in the ring. That's fine. Maybe you need that. But I love the idea of, of, of the, I'm, I have to solve a problem that's in front of me. And that's this person with a game plan. And me and my team have to figure out how to come up with a better game plan or neutralize his game plan. Isn't that what jujitsu is? Isn't that what fighting is? Isn't that what life is? You know, the, 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 if you're an entrepreneur, you have to come up with a better way to do something. You have to come up with a, with a, with a fill a need that is needed. You have to come up with a product that people want. And, and that's what I love about life in general. So if you reframe the issue, when I was an actor and I would walk into rooms, I, I, you know, it used to be like, Jesus, I got to try to get this part. I'm coming in with all these, you know, five, all this competition. And then somebody said, uh, I had a director, I'm sorry, an acting teacher who said, you're in there to solve a problem for them. They, they have a problem and they can't find the right person for the job. Why don't you be that person?
figure out what they need. And if they don't know, tell them, show them. And that changed my whole career. You know, so I think that's an important thing. So reframe, reframe your mission, reframe, the, the, you know, take these words like hard work and grind and discipline. That's the kind of shit that people who are successful like to say to people who aren't. It makes them feel better about themselves. But I think it's bullshit. And I don't think it's sustainable. I really don't. You know, these New Year's resolutions, how, how often do you hold on to those? You don't because it's punitive. I don't, you know, you got to lose weight, bro. No carbs at all. Okay, good luck, dude. I'll see you in a month when you're, when you're, when you're binging on pizza because you're depressed. It's not, it doesn't work that way. So that's probably the best way I can, I can think of is when you, when you bring your A game, your A game, don't, don't get too, don't get too, um, just realize that, that progress happens incrementally. And some days, nothing happens. Some days you suck. Because, and guess what? That's what happened today. That's what happened today. But at least you showed up. Don't take the pressure off yourself. So that's a long answer, but I hope that helps. That's an outstanding answer. And again, I, I always look for parallels. And I think exactly like you're saying, you know, with jujitsu, with real estate, it's, it's all the same stuff. And I think, like you said, if, if I hated going to jujitsu every day, I would never have kept going. Like who, that, that black belt didn't really mean that much to me. So I do like shifting the perspective on it. But what you do, I find even more interesting. Like I, I have such a respect for comedians because, you know, real estate and jujitsu, it's going to suck. There's going to be days I get my ass kicked. But after a year, two years, five years, 10 years, the stuff that I was learning, the stuff that I was doing, it's going to be in my arsenal. So it's not going to continually be as bad. But with yeah. you stand up, you come up with like a black belt comedy special and then literally like it airs and you have to start as a white belt over and over again every fucking year, dude. And like yeah. go back yeah. through like the just the humbleness of constantly like having to reinvent. And then you're guaranteed. It's not like you're going to come in. You're coming in and probably going to eat shit until it gets to that point again. And then you're gonna have to do the whole thing over again. So I find that fascinating. And I think it's, that says so much about the character of you being able to do that so well for so long. I just think it's amazing. Well, I appreciate it because that, that is the battle. And I, and I really appreciate that you picked up on that because <clears throat> nobody really, have, very few people actually, see, that's what's so interesting. You, you've gone down that rabbit hole with jujitsu. So you understand how to accomplish. That's a classic example, Nick, of, of of a guy who understands, very few people know what you just said. Very few people actually have said that to me as a comic. But dude, that's the whole deal. That's the whole deal. I wrote, um, I, I think I wrote a whole hour during COVID and cause I wanted to see if I could, going through all the stuff I've gone through, I wanted to see if I could be funny. You know, that's the <laughs> war, that's that, you know, let me see if I can be funny when I don't feel funny. And it was good, man. My girlfriend was like, this stuff is crushing. And I threw it all away. I threw it practically all away, oh. and and uh, and I and I just started. I was on the plane, and I just was. I said, "I'm going to sit here for six fucking hours until I come up with a, like a, a new themes that excite me, that I can expand on." And I did. I tapped into what was what I was afraid of, what I was angry about, what I love. You know, you you always have that, and and so one of the things that I think is and that I can that I can sort of like draw relevance to that you know is is that what's really challenging about doing that is you have to confront the patterns that your mind falls into you have to change in many ways the patterns the preoccupations the neuroses the insecurities the fears 
that, that bring you back into the same rut, that bring you back into the same behavioral patterns that are not helpful to you. And, and I think that's a beautiful, um, there's a word for it in the Hindu, in, 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 in the Hindu religion. It's, it's sort of these thought patterns that we all as human beings fall into. And I can't remember what the word is, but, it's a, but it is a phenomenon that all of us suffer from, all of us. And if you're not careful, and if you don't do things that keep you uncomfortable, if you don't do things that kind of challenge you and humble you, you know, and, and that's what I love about starting something like whatever, I don't know, the piano, boxing, a new language, whatever, is you will, you will, you will rut. You, those ruts will get deeper and you will be the same old person and you'll just kind of not grow. You know, you can get, my buddy Tony Blower says, careful what you practice, you'll get really good at the wrong thing. <clears throat> and you see this with older people. <clears throat> they, they stop growing and they get, they get calcified and they, they get set in their ways, so to speak, right? And I think that <clears throat> one of the things that's important is to really try to be open to changing your mind. I, I have a big problem with this critical race theory thing because I think ultimately it's an argument for Marxism. Okay, that's just my emotional point of view. But then I read some books on critical race theory. I read Derek Bell and Richard Delgado and, and the various, and, and uh, Kimberly Crenshaw and the di different scholars that came up with critical race theory. And it's very interesting. I'm a white dude, and the world's been kind of, you know, it's it's kind of been, uh, it's been what is the word, uh, structured in my favor in a lot of ways. And I don't know what it's like to be black, or uh, brown, or Asian, or whatever it might be in in a world. I, I never had to contend with that. But there are scholars that that are. So it was very interesting. It kind of it kind of shook me up a little bit. It kind of had me kind of letting go of some of my orthodoxy and being a little bit open to why somebody would be a critical race scholar. I, you know, I still have my problems with it, but again, you know, listen to people who you don't agree with and do things you don't know how to do. And it'll probably keep you um, flexible. It'll keep you, it'll, it, 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 it may very well actually it um, consolidate why you feel the way you do, right? This is what John Stuart Mill said about free speech. You, you have to let people speak their mind, even if it's uncomfortable to you and your positions and your philosophies and your mythologies, because it will do one of two things. Either it will get you to change your mind or it will solidify how you feel in the first place. It will strengthen the foundations of your philosophy, right? And you'll, you'll really, it'll root your feet even more into the ground, you know, because your, your, your house has been tested, right? How do you, how do you really get good at jujitsu? You're, you're not going to get good in, in just stay, stay sitting in your studio, in your, in your um, dojo or whatever you call it. You, you know, you, when you're rolling with the same guys over and over again, you get, you know what, you know what everybody's tendencies and patterns are. So you can react, he's going to, he's good at Kimura. Okay. So now I got to just, as long as I keep my hips here, or, you know, but when you compete with a dude from a totally different school, who's coming up with all kinds of different shit, man, you gotta, you gotta figure that out in real time. And so you tell me what the difference between a competition black belt and a regular black belt in a school is big difference, big oh. difference. I mean, you want to be a good boxer. My buddy, my buddy, 
has been boxing his whole life. He went to another school. These young dudes are coming up with shit he hasn't seen. These young dudes are throwing lead uppercuts and then a hook. He was like, that's not, you're not allowed to do that. Well, yeah, you are sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you are, bro. Sometimes you are. And by the time you feel figure that out, it's too late. So that's how you get better at things. I love that, man. There's a bunch of stuff to unpack there. But even like the greatest people, that's what they do. I just saw a bunch of pictures yesterday, guys, were sending me from Sarah's that Gordon Ryan's been down there this week training. You know, that guy is not having an ego. He's going to new gyms, testing himself, rolling with new guys. But what I like about what you said, you know, even on the jujitsu side, that's, I remember Rogan actually was saying, he's like, you don't have to like the 10th planet stuff that Eddie put together, but if you want to be a fighter and competitor, you better know it. Or when you get into a competition with one of his guys and you don't know what they're doing, you're screwed, you know? So I've always been good to like mix that up. But you, you mentioned something with the philosophy side of it, how you're either going to solidify or you're going to change your mind. And I think that's, again, what makes you an anomaly, because I think what a lot of people do is they'll go and do that research for confirmation bias, not going in with an open mind at all of like, let me actually go in and see what's going on. Let me go find something I can grab onto to justify my belief or my argument. Is that something you learned from living all over the country? And I heard your dad on the Big and Hungry podcast. I thought that was awesome. But has that been yeah. something that's always been in you to really like deep in research and be open-minded about new things? It's a good question, Nick. And, and it's, it's, um, it's a, maybe it comes from trying to get better at something, right? So one of the cool things about like, um, somebody told me, and I didn't, I didn't know I said this, but he said, you know, you, you said, if you want to get to know yourself, get good at something. And, and, and I, and I, what I meant by that, you know, I think is that, um, I can't believe I just told you that somebody quoted me saying this, I mean, this is obnoxious, <laughs> but and Brian Callen once said, and then shut up, but, but, um, but I do think that when you really try to get good at something and you know, this, uh, you have to confront your liabilities. You have to confront the things that hold you back. And most of the time they're, they're, they're emotional liabilities. Most of the time, they are, you hit plateaus. And why are you hitting that plateau, man? Why, what is going on? When you want to be a good actor, it's really interesting when you're in class. A lot of times, man, what holds you back from, from actually, like my, my, my teacher used to say, being a star is easy. It's getting all the shit out of the way. You know, um, getting rid of the people that are keeping you down, all that stuff. You have the habits that, that are self-defeating. Of course, we all know this, but, but there's something about, <clears throat> even when you're trying to be a good actor, you've got to kind of confront uh, the people who are, who have been sort of limiting who you are, right? The people who are telling a story about you to you. And then you have to, you have to confront how you talk about yourself, how you talk to yourself. That's a, that's, that's why people like Gordon Ryan are so astonishing. Uh, by the way, I go down the rabbit hole with that guy. I just, he looks like he's stretching in bed as he taps people out. Yeah, it's okay. nuts. It's nuts. So weird. It's not about his strength and athleticism. It's about his mind. And, and you know, I'm sure John Donahue has a lot to do with that. It is that, it is that sort of, um, the, the fact that he's showing up every single day specifically to practice, on, practice something very specific, typically something he's not good at or something he has to get better at, right? So there's no wasted time in that, in that place. And man, is it easy to just kind of start tapping people with the stuff, with your happy place. You go back to your happy place. <laughs> but to expand your arsenal for, you know, infinitely is always difficult. Yeah. And I, so I think that's true, Nick, is like when you try to get good at something and you want to get really good at stand up, you can you can fall into the same old patterns, man. You can fall into the same jokes just with like a different twist. And that that's what's hard. And so you have to confront 
those self-limiting beliefs. Um, you have to confront how you define yourself. You have to redefine yourself. You have to undefine yourself. All these things, man. And then sometimes what happens is when you're trying to get really good at something, you can fall down the rabbit hole. Procrastination is a motherfucker because you can you can start reading a bunch of information that, you know, again, goes back to confirmation bias, right? So you can read a self-help book. You can read a thing. It's all, it's like, dude, you know what to do. Come on, bro. You know what to do. Stop it. Stop it. You know that this is taking time away from the game, the work, right? And again, I'm sorry to use the word work because I don't like that word, but, but the path the uh the goal the the yeah the discovery think of this as guys so anybody who's listening when you when you want to get good at something uh, um, um think of it as as um a process of discovery okay so if you want to be really great at, when i watch a great pianist or i watch um a, a real jujitsu guy like a, a practitioner who just looks beautiful on the map that's a mystery to me right it's a mystery and when you um when you endeavor to be good at something, when you get into it, when you start your first day of jujitsu, and then you know what happens is the mystery, that 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 very dark room, that somebody gives you a flashlight, and you get to look around for a little while, and if you really stick around, somebody might turn the lights on, and you see the machinations behind the magic trick, and that no longer becomes a mystery. It it, be, it it's a beautiful kind of thing. It's a process of discovery not just in the art form you're practicing itself, but also in, in, in within yourself. You're like, I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm doing this. I, I, I may not be the best in the world, but I at least understand how you get there, you know? And then you can apply that to everything. So, so the world doesn't become so out of reach and so dark, you know, it becomes um, inspirational. It's, it's, it becomes a lot more beautiful, I suppose, yeah. That's awesome, man. You know, speaking of being around people that you know you're on the right track and doing the right things, there's, I think, a double-edged sword to social media today because there's a lot of social comparison. I think with anybody, when you're looking and going, oh, you know, this guy got this job or this guy landed this real estate deal or whatever it is, and trying to compare yourself with other people, but being around people, like you said, that have the habits every day. You know, Gordon Ryan's around you know, Enzo Gracie and Gary Tonin and John Danaher, you know, Chris Weidman has Ray Longo and Matt Serra, like, how important is it for you being around the Joe Rogans and the Steve Burns and, and like, you know, you've worked with Bradley Cooper and with all these guys and just seeing that they're doing the same thing, that it keeps you motivated and optimistic that you're doing the right thing. When you see somebody else that you're working right next to get like a big role or land some, something big. Yeah, that's crucial. And, and it's actually crucial. And the thing about being a stand-up comic or an actor or a writer is you don't have that as much. You know, um, I mean, when you're an actor, you see that every actor, I don't care who they are, need, they need a good director. They just do. And when they don't, you can see them going off, you know, and so uh, great writers need an editor. Um, certainly, you know, Serena Williams, uh, Rafael Nadal, uh, you know, Djokovic, the best tennis players still need their coach. Their coach is right there. Their coach is, you know, is, is uh, there's a, there's this story about Rafael Nadal who one of Wimbledon. He was coming, he came into the, uh, locker room and he was he was like I think my he just won Wimbledon he's like I think my grip is I think I gotta kind of you know and they were had a conversation about his grip you just won Wimbledon dude now you're, you're tweaking your grip but yeah so so that I've, I've always been fascinated with that is how quickly you can forget um excellence and if you don't have examples of excellence 
and you don't have guides who can help you in that path of excellence, like, like a John Donahar, like a Henzo Gracie, right? Like a Ray Longo, you're, you're, you're going to be in some trouble. It's very hard to do on your own. You can't do it on your own. Can you? I mean, let's be honest. You can't. We all want to. We all want to do it ourselves, but man, it's, it's uh, frustrating that you can't. <laughs> yeah. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. I agree, Matt. That's awesome. By the way, Ray Longo told me that you are his favorite stand-up comedian. Oh, come on, man. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, oh, he God. did. Yeah, I'd say you, me, and uh, I know you were in Oz with uh, Evan Seinfeld. Me and Billy Grout today from Biohazard, who's a Gracie Black Belt, and Alex Stewart, who's one of the head instructors of Gracie Torrance. We all went to the uh, comedy store to check you out one night. We all we all went together. It was an awesome time, man. Everybody loves you. You did great. Oh, that's so cool. That's so that's so flattering. I love hearing that, man. Yeah. Well, I, I look forward to meeting Ray Longo someday in person. But uh, it's pretty cool. It's Definitely, pretty cool. man. We got to get yeah. you on Chris Weidman's podcast. I love Weidman. How's he doing, man? Seems like he's doing great, man. Again, I take full credit because they send him pizzas and then he started healing up well. But I mean, the, the guy's freaking sparring. He's at Is the he? gym every day. He's literally boxing. He's walking. He golfed like 18 holes the other day. He's it's nuts, man. God, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. He's such a special dude, man. He's just he's one of those guys. That, that's it. That's isn't it interesting that that someone like Chris Weidman, who's had his his challenges, man. UFC champion and then his neck and the injuries that that plague athletes and then he breaks his his leg and sometimes you know your your mission and your job is to be an example of grace and he is he's just an example of grit and grace and and you know I, I just was like I thought about that so deeply I thought about I've thought about Chris because you know it may have been a tremendous and devastating disappointment to him, but you know, you work so hard and you're so ready and, and you've, your fingers to the sky and you're, you're praying and you're, you're, you've done everything right. And then you go and throw one kick and it's all taken away from you. And that's an example of what it is to be a limited creature called a human being. That is an example of the fact that destruction is always around the corner, annihilation, disappointment, longing, you know, you make your plans and, and, and God says, nah, sorry, dude, I know you worked really hard, but got to take this away. And, and, and the value in that is who are you now? I don't know if you watched that. One of my favorite interviews was Teddy Atlas on the Joe Rogan podcast. And Teddy Atlas said, you don't know who you are and uh, if you're not a doctor until a kid is on your operating table bleeding from 15 different you know holes and there's no there's no textbook for that you're not a lawyer until you know the 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 
the other, the prosecutor is taking your whole game plan away and you got to figure out how to win anyway. And you ain't a fighter until that guy across the ring ain't afraid of you, knows your game plan, has got you on the ropes. You can't even see, you, you, your head is you know spinning and you find a way to win. You figure out a way to win. That's when you're an actual fighter. When, when, when you beat the guy you're not supposed to. When you find something inside of yourself that you didn't know you had. And that, that's, that I, I just, when I heard that, I was like, God, amen, brother, amen. And look, you know, look at, look at Chris, you know, playing golf, sparring. You can't keep that dude down. And I don't care if he ever goes, steps into an octagon again. I don't care. What I do care about is that for me, I use that as, as my inspiration. And so does, so do I guarantee the people closest to him. Yeah. You know? So there it is. Am I making you cry? No, I was going to say, I, I had sinus surgery in my eyes. I was, ah, was like, pretending on this is terrible. It looks like I'm getting, no, you are. You, I, I, was getting hoping, me all, I was hoping I was making you cry too. You get me so all so inspirational. <laughs> I just need some music and some wind to blow my hair. Well, it doesn't really blow, but you know, you know what I mean. No, you got a great head of hair on you. And that was very articulate. And I'm sure that there's been plenty of times that you have made me emotional with your words. So <laughs> that's really good, man. Yeah, it's not surgery. I had that too. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. It's like two, two, I think about two weeks out now. So I'm starting to at least like feel like I can talk with my normal voice. I was all like clogged up and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. you, you're a great example of that too. Cause when you talk about Chris, meaning to start over multiple times, like we talked about with the Hurricane Sandy, and then, you know, you got the Matt Serus who worked with their things their whole life and then knockout St. Pierre. You've had professional and personal things that you have had to reinvent yourself and start over. Has your comedic and professional having to redo and restart all the time, did that prepare you for doing that in your personal life as well? Because, I mean, you yourself, man, have an, an unbelievable rebound story as well. Yeah, time, man. I think time, disappointment, you know, life is... Life is, again, a process of attrition, slow erosion or slow attrition. Uh, attrition is the wrong word, a slow um, erosion or slow addition. You know, you, you, you just have to understand that um, you will lose things. You will face challenges. You will face destruction. You will face chaos. You will, man. It is, it is, it is the condition of a human being, it is your condition. And I don't care. I don't care how big the wall is you build around yourself. I don't care um, who you have protecting your door. Something is going to come for you. It's that great thing, the Garden of Eden, right? It's the Garden of Eden, dude. God created paradise, right? Except guess what? A snake found its way in. Somehow, even in God's walled, perfect paradise there's a snake in that tree dude and yet you had to eat that apple didn't you that's the value <laughs> of those mythologies it's like dude all all you had to do was not eat the apple but you had to take a taste of the apple and now everything is lost right it's like that paradise lost idea well that's that is a classic example if you are seeking safety it's a fool's errand if you're seeking certainty it's a fool's errand part of the the Part of adventure, part of the point of life is not knowing what's coming next. That's, that's the definition of adventure. I don't know what's next, dude. I don't know what's around the next corner. Well, just know that that is life and know that, that, that you, are, you are not going to have a game plan. You are not going to have your coach by your side or your mommy holding your hand. 
eventually it's you in a rowboat in the middle of the fucking Pacific Ocean and those waves are kicking. Now, who are you? You know, it's that Teddy Atlas thing again. And so, so embrace that. It's the adventure. It's the point. It might be the point of everything. So, you know, and I'm speaking to myself here. This is not something I've arrived at. This is something that I, I'm saying to myself and I, you have to remind yourself of that. So that's what I think. I've always wanted to know who I was. I always wanted to know. And you don't know who you are until, <laughs> until you think you're, you're, you're gonna die, you know, in, in what professionally, you know, or, or otherwise. I think that's a great answer, man. And you you answered a bunch of other questions I was going to follow up with, with what you initially said is it sounds like the way you've kept yourself positive and optimistic is by switching your perspective, like you said initially, on just the, the business as a whole. Yeah, man. Yeah. And also keep keep like reinventing yourself. Keep doing the work. Keep doing the work. You know, Picasso talked about that a lot. Picasso was like, hey, look, famine, war, gotcha, cool. Uh, um, the political upheaval, gotcha, cool. I'm just going to keep painting. Let's keep painting. The, the, one of the life-changing experiences for me was I went to his, one of his, what is it called, retrospectives or what, you know, I don't know, like one of his art shows. Dude, he was, he had, he had painted these things at 90, nine zero, and was painting on a level. I don't know shit about art, but I had the, you know, I had the earphones. I'm like, let me educate myself. I was on the road somewhere. And I, I listened to the curator, you know, who understood take me through what he was painting. And I was like, this dude was painting on a level that was, you know, just a whole different thing at 90. Never <laughs> stopped. So come on. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah. What kind of what kind of stuff are you working on now? I know you got a bunch of different podcasts, ones you're popping in on, ones you're when's your headline and talk about some of the, the ways people can listen to you and find you and some of the projects you have in the works. So so I got Big and Hungry podcast with Steve Byrne. And what we do now is I we take we take it's it, the podcast is basically we take questions from young people. Because Steve and I are, you know, we're, we're now older dudes. And so we, we've made a lot of mistakes. I always say I'm not smarter than you are, but I've made a lot more mistakes than you have. So listen to me. I might have something to say. And so we, we you know, I wanted to kind of be specific about that podcast. So I do that. And then on Rockfin, which is this awesome platform where you could do anything. There's no censorship. It's R-O-K-F-I-N. I think it's 10 bucks and you get everything that's on Rockfin. But it's rockfin.com slash conspiracy social club. And we, Sam Tripoli is a killer comic. He's a conspiracy theorist. And so he drops the conspiracy and I argue with him. And it's just, it's WWE Smackdown shit. <laughs> and it's so chaotic and so much fun, but we're developing a real following. So it's been really fun. And then of course, Fighter and the Kid. <clears throat> but I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do Rough House Fridays. I'm gonna, if you like to gamble on, on you know, combat sports, I'm gonna interview dudes like you and other people who really understand the fight game. I think we have John Anik. Uh, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. J July 9th is, a, is the first one we're going to do. And um, I want to I want to interview as many experts as I can and get the odds. I want I want when if you if you like to gamble, then then I'm going to I, I want to basically have a really educate a podcast that educates people so that they have a way better chance of winning. Because if you if you interview enough experts and you have a, a broader perspective, you can get closer to what's actually going to happen, I think, or we'll see. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm excited about that challenge. Yeah, yeah, it, it does, even when it's not a lot of money, it makes it more fun when you have a couple of dogs in those fights. Now you're watching like more of the cars and the undercars. Yeah. I've been doing it lately. It's been pretty well, cool. Well, there's a guy I know, and I won't say his name because he likes to be anonymous, but I'm going to call him OC, which is off camera guy. 
and OCG, but he, he is, um, he's the guy who was talking about Yoel Romero before anybody knew who he was. If you listen to old podcasts, Fighter and the Kid, you can hear me pretending I know what I'm talking about, but I was, <laughs> I was literally parroting my buddy. And I was like, Yoel Romero, Yoel Romero. And, and Brendan was like, I don't know who you're talking about, bullshit. And I was like, nah, you don't know. And then Conor McGregor, he said, Conor McGregor's gonna be the champion. I go, that who? And he goes, the Irishman. He says, he's a better boxer than everybody. He can sit on the edge of the pocket. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, you'll see. He was right about that. He was right about Peter Jan. He said, Peter Jan's gonna be the champion. This guy, this guy is, is so phenomenal. So I'm gonna have him on as often as I can because he's been, He's been literally a prophet. It's been astonishing. And he's one of those dudes who just, he knows the fight game and he, he's a black belt, but he's just special. He's special. He's one of, he's a special guy. So anyway, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. See what happens. That's awesome, man. You know, and uh, I just, uh, mixing those two worlds, uh, Matt, Sarah, who I sent you a picture, I think we were rolling and I was telling him how, I dropped the I ball. And I forgot. I forgot. I was like, dude, I wore your Kimura Savage Messer t-shirt. He's like, nobody's going to see it. What's the matter? But so I told him you were coming on again. You, you reminded me too, because he made a video years ago when he was just doing sit-ups with Chris Weidman. And he's like, you guys are going to see this guy's going to get into the UFC and he's going to be a UFC champion. And then that started circulating all that stuff. So you're right. Like the guys that are in the know behind the scenes, oh, they yeah. the guys, they know what's going on, man. Yeah. They said that about Chris. I remember them talking about Chris Weidman, this guy named Chris Weidman. And, and how tough he was and how, you know, he, he was just special. He had that, that double leg that nobody could stop and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and there it is. And there it is. Yeah. Guys who train with the guys who, who was the other guy who they talked about, who was stuck in Brazil for a long time, 125 pounds. Glover. Uh, uh, Glover. Glover. Yeah. Glover was another guy. Glover was another guy who was just like, there's this guy, there's this guy, you know, it's like, hey. so yeah. Yeah. Well, guys in the know, I remember when Matt beat St. Pierre and Nick Diaz was like, anybody who's been around knew that one day Matt Sarah was going to be a champion. And, uh, you know, you, you've known him for a very long time. He said really nice things about you. And I know you said a lot of nice things about him. Um, what, what was it like working with him on the comedy side? Well, you know, Matt's just such a great personality. I've known Matt since he was a brown belt, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, he was just, he, he, I remember him giving me lessons. I mean, you know, Matt always said something too. I was like, damn, you're so good. He goes, yeah, but this is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I chose to do. You know, in other words, you're not going to beat me because this is my job. You know, is <laughs> that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, he's always been such a great dude. He's always been such a. I remember the, I mean, his brother Nick and and his dad used to train when I was there, and it's a great family. They're a great family. So Matt's just that Italian kind of thing that I, you know, that's the Italian side of my family. So I always felt so at home with him. And uh, but he's always had a sense of humor, and Matt's never taken himself that seriously. And he's just always been, he's just an intelligent dude. Like that, that's the other thing is Matt's just a smart guy. He's got that, you know, he's got that Long Island thing that, yeah. you know, but, or that, but he's just an intelligent, you know, funny guy who understands, you know, a lot about life, probably because he's done the best he could with everything he has to be the best he is. Because I know you got to work with him when they did the looking for a fight. Oh, on the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When he did, when he did stand up, well, he was so, I didn't really even help him. He was just nervous. He was just, <laughs> again, you know, Matt put himself in a position. Like, it's like, I love when people say, you got to believe in yourself. Shut the fuck. If, <laughs> if you put me in a ring against the guy right now, I got to go, if I got to go fight, I don't know, pick it, anybody. If I had to go, it's like, you know, you got you to roll with Nick right now. You're gonna you're gonna break my neck. I'm not gonna. I don't believe in myself. Give me ten years to train, and maybe I'll believe in myself. You know, it's like 
It's like uh, he just had to get up on stage. It's basically like being naked and turning around slowly while people look at you. I mean, but he did a great job. He was funny yeah. as hell. And he was so excited when he got off that he went to kiss me. And I think my mouth and we we made out. <laughs> I made out with Matt Sarah. So people should know that. I actually have kissed Matt Sarah on the mouth and both of our mouths were a little bit open. I said it and it's a problem and I'll never be the same. This is so, breaking news. This is breaking it's, it's exclusive. It's, it's, I think he talked about it on something. He's like, I went to, I went to hug Brian and kiss him. And I, yeah, so there it is. Look, we're a couple of Italian guys. What are you going to do? Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. And, you know, I love that, you know, that same thing. He's always telling me, you know, water finds its own level. And the stuff that he does, like, hey, man, you got to get up on stage and do comedy. Let's do it. Hey, you got to get up on Dana's show and sing it with a death metal band. Let's do it. Hey, you got to fight George St. Pierre in Canada in front of 22,000 people. He goes, <laughs> let's do it. Like, he's just, he's that guy, man. You know, and I think, like you said, having people in your life, he's had a lot of really insightful conversations with me of not necessarily like, hey, man, do this. But there's times so he'll share stories of like, here's a story of another time a guy was in this situation and made the wrong decision. Here's what you don't want to do. So I can't tell yeah. you what to do, but here's what you probably don't want to do. And those, like you said, learning from the mistakes of people who have been down that road or just the people he's been exposed to over the years on those mats, man, because the mats really show who you are. It, it's well, always you're making, you're making a really good point because when you try to get good at something, you, the cool thing is that you're going to be exposed to people that are um, impressive, um, that can set an example for you that can open new worlds and new doors for you. So that's the other thing that's really cool about actually trying to get good at something and showing up every day. You'll get close to the people you're with because they're on the same path and you'll have something to talk about. You'll have some, you'll have an understanding. You know, it's like Michael Jordan said that Kobe Bryant used to call him at two in the morning with questions about basketball. Like who knows what those questions were? They were probably so deep and so intricate, but that's a world, man, that you get privy to. That's a world that, you know, that, that's kind of cool. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. How for you has martial arts, boxing, and jujitsu helped you in, in life professionally and personally? You know, um, part of it was like it, it, people make fun of me with Taekwondo, but when I was training in college, people would get kicked and knocked out all the time. It was scary because you know, when you learn how to really kick like that, and I know that people like that, we didn't punch in the face, so I don't ever talk about it, but it was always, nervous. you were always nervous. You were always nervous. You know, wrestling was one thing. I mean, I wrestled all through high school and that was never, you were always nervous there because you were alone, but there's something about kicking in the head and getting knocked out or having your nose broken. That sucks. That's always scary because you don't know if you're actually going to die. You know, there was always that feeling and certain guys that you just didn't want to spar. You'd be like, oh, he's here today. Oh, shit. You know? <laughs> here we go. You know, it was always that. It's like when you go to box. You know, even even in the little bit I boxed, I would I wanted to spar. I wanted to learn how to fight. You know, it was, it was a, there was a big difference between hitting mitts and then actually, you know, again standing there and, and seeing how your jab works and seeing how you know all that stuff. You pay a consequence when you do it wrong. You're gonna get cracked in the head. And even if you're wearing a mouthpiece and headgear, you know it sucks. You can get knocked out. You can certainly get hurt. And so, again, it'd be like, ah, damn, that guy's there, that little Cuban dude. He's small, <laughs> but he hits, I'm so fast. And I, you know, it was all that thing. And then you get caught. And then the next day, you're like, I'm fucking, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt that dude. You're saying it to yourself. There's something about that competition. It's something about that kind of, that fear, that discomfort, that, um, I don't know, that just kind of makes you, it changes you. It changes your DNA. It changes your fabric. Keeps you honest. Keeps you humble. It teaches you how a huge part of it is learning and knowing how tough you're not. That's a big part of it, isn't it? You know, that's why 
That's why you're just respectful. You know, you're just like, okay, I don't know. That guy's built like the UPS driver, <laughs> but I, I'm sure he could, he's got those ears. So he, I'm, I'm going to be polite. I'm going to be polite. I can always tell dudes that never threw themselves in the arena because they're just a little too cocky. It's like, yes. you've never been, you've never been punched in the fucking face and no, and make no mistake. It's like this, 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 this quote I read, civilization is an agreement among men to behave well. And when that agreement is scratched, you're, you're looking to get close to the guy who can protect you. Um, exactly, exactly what you're talking about with, um, you know, like the, that, that kind of social contract. I don't know if you saw the video with Joe Schilling from this weekend. I didn't. No. Dude, it's all over like the internet, but he, um, he's at a bar and there's some guy there who's drunk and it didn't get on video, but allegedly he was like dropping racial slurs on the staff and just being drunk and obnoxious. And Joe Schilling, somebody's filming it and Joe Schilling wound up with the video. So who knows, but he kind of walks by and the guy's kind of, you know, grilling him and flexing. And then Joe Schilling, the guy bumps into him and he's like, Hey man, sorry, excuse me. And he walks past. And then you hear the guy like go to say something. And then the next thing you see is Schilling turn around, throw a one, two. And the guy is unconscious on the floor, arms up, like out cold, you know, and then he's, he's yeah. posting on Instagram. I, I'm glad I have the video. I was terrified for my life. I didn't have any other, you know, but it's, like, <laughs> it's one of those things where like everybody in that bar was probably like, thank God somebody knocked that guy out. And if it wasn't that guy, like the reality is, what if he did try and attack somebody that couldn't defend themselves? And that's why the same thing with, you know, the difference there is Schilling knocked the guy out. The guy's really hurt. Matt was in that same situation and used jujitsu to nullify that situation with that guy in I, Vegas. I but saw that. Yeah. Saw like that. you said, man, sometimes people that people have never gotten hit in the face. And I feel like everybody needs that a little bit to learn where they stand on like the circle of life, you know? Well, life is going to teach you that life's a kick in the nuts. If it's not a Joe Schilling and God bless Joe Schilling, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be in another way. You're going to, sometimes the, the, the knockout is people just exclude you. <clears throat> sometimes there, there is that thing that says, Oh, pain in the ass next. <clears throat> uh, no, that's not, and you don't even know what happened, but all of a sudden you're just not invited to the party. You're, you're, you're just not somehow your things didn't work out for you. Your career didn't go where you wanted it to, but nobody tells you that it's like having bad breath. Nobody ever tells you <laughs> why you can't, you know, you can't, you, you never have a second date. It really is. So you, you know, that's those, those uh, checks, those checks on your power, those checks on your behavior are crucial. This guy should send Joe Schilling um, a gift basket because you know that's 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 important that's important because you know that's if it, it, the next time it might be somebody with a gun and you don't but you don't wake up but uh, I love that stuff I love those stories when you know you just cho chose the wrong bar bro you got yeah. a lion you got a real lion quietly drinking his beer and anybody who knows Joe Schilling knows he's a great guy but anybody who knows Joe Schilling also knows that he is a Died in the world, bad motherfucker. He is a and and by the way, tall. If I, I when I look at him, I would hang with him. He'd come to the comedy store, and like if I could be built like anybody, it might be Joe Schilling. Like he's just got that tall. He's just long, like six three, long arms, just built like a brick shit house. But you know, just looks athletic as fuck. Yeah. I, I'll never be happy because I'm not built like Joe Schilling. <laughs> Yeah, you got what are you? You're six two, six three. You're you got you got plenty plenty on your side. 
I like your attitude. I'm 5'11". I'm 170. I couldn't be more regular, man. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, uh, another another buddy of yours, Frank Grillo, I wanted to touch on the show Kingdom. It is one of Ray Longo's favorite shows, and he and I have talked about it a ton. That that yeah, was man. an amazing show. Like, I, 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 the finale on that, I mean, I was pushing everybody, and they were always like, holy crap. I was like, you just saw the end of it, didn't you? Like, yeah. what a show, man. It's a great show, man. And, 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 you know, it had no love. It got zero love. It was written mainly by one dude, Byron. Um, and, you know, nobody, it was the show nobody watched. When I was doing it, you know, nobody was ever watching that show. And then Netflix, I think it was, in fact, it was a director um, who watched it and said, this is the best show on TV. And Netflix picked it up and everybody saw it. But that show was shot three years before that. We were shooting that show, I don't know, six years ago or something. So again, success happens or it doesn't. And sometimes it's an accident. Sometimes it's an accident. But if you show up enough times, you might be part of that happy accident. Do you want to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson. You've been great with your time. A couple, couple of final questions before I let you go. Um, one, do you, do you have a favorite quote? Because I know you're very philosophical and you, I hear you quote a lot of different guys. What's one of your favorites? Well, one of my favorite quotes, I think it's, it belongs to Michelangelo who painted the Sistine Chapel. It's criticized by creating. Um, and I love that. Criticized by creating. And I, and I think also at times like this, Albert Camus, who is the great existentialist French writer, he wrote L'Etranger, like the, the stranger, it doesn't matter, I, I sound so pretentious, but he said, um, in the 20th century, one cannot avoid political or philosophical commitment. And I think what he was saying there was that if you, if you think you can walk around ignorant, and if you think you can walk around without solidifying, formulating, testing your philosophy, uh, it, which is another way of saying, um, if, if you think you can walk around without defining the lines you are willing to defend, if you think you can walk around without the effort it takes to define what you are willing to fight for, the walls you're willing to defend, you, are, you, you, you will be swept up and you will be, um, it, it, will, it will come to you anyway. And I think we're living in a time like that now too. And I think the way you, I think, I think a person defines themselves along the lines they are willing to define. They, 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 a, a nation 
and a person defines themselves over what they're actually willing to fight and maybe even die for. Um, and I really believe that. And so um, the, 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 those, those two quotes, criticized by creating, and one cannot avoid political or philosophical commitment. If you're not interested in politics or philosophy, just know this, it's interested in you. And uh, you're going to have to, you're gonna, the fight's coming to you, whether you like it or not. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. So those are the two things I always take with me. Keep me on my toes, keep me hungry, and keep me scared, which is not a bad thing sometimes. Yeah. You're, you're so layered and you have so many different angles. You're like the porn hub of comedians. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just old. <laughs> no, no. You know, so speaking of that, it's a perfect uh, segue. Knowing what you know now about life and business, what advice would you give a younger Brian Callen? Oh, God, that's such a great, listen more, listen more, don't talk as much, listen more, get your black belt in jujitsu because you'll learn about life more. It's the one regret I have. Uh, 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 I should have wrestled in college, but, you know, there, there are little things like that, but um, invest in Apple and Amazon. Yeah. No, but, 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 but no, what I mean, yeah, that, that, that may be. Maybe that's what it is. I, I, everybody I know who even the even who've been successful, uh, they always say, "I wish I'd worked harder at something." But I don't know. We're also a product of our mistakes. Um, but I, I, I think I should have listened more, and I still haven't learned that. I still haven't learned that. But I do try to immerse myself in the best that's been thought and said, and I continue to, because you 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 can't have all the answers and and maybe i would add an addendum to that which is read and listen to those you disagree with read and listen to those who make you angry and shake you up a little bit they might have something to say and if they don't at least they'll fortify um and strengthen the pillars you stand on so maybe that's the best advice i can give that's great stuff, man. Lastly, uh, talk about how do people find you? How do people connect with you, your podcast, your project, your projects, your stand-up? Yeah, Big and Hungry Podcast. Anywhere you find a podcast, uh, Fighter and the Kid, of course, always doing that. I'm back on that. I can't, I'm so excited. Um, uh, and then uh, Conspiracy Social Club on Rockfin. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be back on the road. Just look at, go to TFATKZ um, or go to BrianCallen.com. Uh, and th those are my live uh comedy dates and i'm going to be packing it in i'll be in there so i'm, I'm excited but i had a good time doing this brother thank nice, you nice man I, I really appreciate it. we're gonna come try and see you in chicago new york or maybe even connecticut i see it's coming up soon so we'll yeah get, i'm not doing there. hartford now though i'm not oh I'm you're not, not. Doing it. no so i am gonna i changed that and because um, uh, I, I i think i might be shooting a movie we'll see so that i had to change that but um but i'll i'll, I'll let you know man i'll be up and i'll be up in your neck of the woods brother when you get to new york um, uh, you got a private with Matt Sarah on me as long as he's around. Dude, that was so great. You, Hegan Machado called me. He goes, somebody bought you a, a guy, a guy, he buys you, he bought you a, uh, a class with me. You have to come to country. And, you know, I'm like, huh, who? You're great, man. What a great, what a great gift. So I appreciate it. Definitely, man. Enjoy it. He was real cool about that. Brian Callen, I really appreciate you. You were a class act for doing this twice for me. I really apologize <laughs> about the first time, but you've been awesome, man. I appreciate everything. Big fan of yours for life. Any final thoughts before I let you go? That's it, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for everything. Thanks for uh, you're you're a you're a good interviewer, and, and, and it's not it's not an accident. It's because you've uh, challenged yourself and you understand the questions to ask. So, it's a it's a pleasure. Looking forward to grabbing a beer together sometime. Definitely, man. One hundred percent. Thank you very much, Brian Cowan, ladies and gentlemen. I'll talk to you later, brother.